Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast, episode 5-9. And we're your hosts, I'm uh, Howling Rob Nichols. And, ah, uh, dang, gummy. <laughs> I thought well, you, had, had, you had to go with Howling Rob Nichols, and now I'm like, I need, I don't know, um, I'm perspicacious Purnell... Pookie, 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 I, God, I threw you off guard there. Um, yes, you did. Call you Wolfman Vaughn. Why didn't I go with Wolfman? <laughs> I have the hair for it and everything. Yeah, you got that beard going on. There we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Wolfman, Wolfman P. Nail. There we go. <laughs> I was cracking up. I'm ready to party. This is a, yeah, thank you. This is our monster mash of an episode. Um, I'm going to come up with some more uh, scary movie. Uh, puns later on but first of all if you first if you're joining us for the first time ever uh, we are a video game music focused podcast where every week we pick a topic we listen to it and we get down sometimes we boogie but not all the time just on occasion we want to we want to conserve the boogie-ness for the most opportune moments of the show's <laughs> broadcasting but we at least smile as the music plays i can guarantee you that right now this episode might be a little less a uh, little less boogie or uh, chair dancing as i like to call it on the show so we do a lot of chair dancing yes we do yours has wheels so you do a little bit yeah, of scooting too. I, can, I can do a little wheelie on the floor here um but no we're going to do some scary music from some maybe from some scary games and I chose music today from like I th- from in my mind I was picturing different kinds of horror movies. I don't know about you. Honestly, I just chose based on games and moments within games that made me feel scared. Maybe not necessarily specific moments, but like because as I'm not sure I can speak for everybody, but uh, I know I can't speak for everybody. Let's be real here. But typically, when it comes to certain horror games, the music is just kind of there and it hits you. But you may not necessarily better recall where it came up. You just know. This game yeah. has some scary stuff going on, <laughs> and I was freaking when it happened. But this music actually made it that much scarier. Well, and that was what I shot for. Totally. Well, in a lot of uh, current game, current current generation games too, it's a much more cinematic experience, and so the music is being used in a way I think that it would be used in a movie to kind of like startle you or set the mood. And I think that's pretty cool. Exactly. That sounds all right. So it's like you might know that the track sounded good when you listen to the movie, but if it was played for you off to the side, you wouldn't know where it was because. It was the overall experience you remember, not the music that played during the experience. Right. There's something about that that works differently when it comes to things like horror games or like very quick moments. Like I guess like the cutscene episode we did where I was like, I have trouble remembering music from cutscenes because uh, I'm kind of taking in the entire situation. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah, like maybe go back and watch it again and figure out you know what you liked about it. Yeah. All right. Why don't you why don't you kick us off and then we'll talk about you know what scares us. You know what? What made you pick this track? Okay, the and, first track yeah. I chose to make you soil your shorts. Uh, well, that yes, was it, that was the uh, the unaired second season of Salute Your Shorts. Soil your shorts. Oh yeah. Oh, they soiled them because of this track. Oh, um, from an uh, old favorite of mine. Um, the game goes by the name of Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Um, well, I'm not going to say the name of the track yet because I still don't feel too confident in that being the correct name. But I think if you hear this track first, 
and you've played the game, you'll know what I'm thinking about. So let's just run it through and see what happens. See what feelings it elicits from the listener. Okay, Rob did some searching of his own during the play of this track, and he came up with the exact same name that I found during my journey, so I'm just going to go with it. The track is called Boss Battle, and it's from the game Zombies Hit My Neighbors. Throws me for a loop because the game had like one boss in it, and this track plays all over the place. Mm. So Yeah, and if you can't tell already, this is the Super Nintendo version, and the composer is the same, Joe McDermott. Thank you, Joe, for this spectacular yeah. track. It's got like a like like a carnival type sound to it, but also like a na 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 na. So are you are you being chased or are you? Oh yeah. Like chased? Oh, okay. I'm glad yeah. you said that because yeah, it's got that it's got that sound to it. It plays in different stages, so it's hard to you can't you can be placed in a number of different scenarios in the game. But the if you've played Zombies at My Neighbors, the first time you hear this track is immediately followed by the sound of a chainsaw revving up. And then guys in hockey masks cutting through hedge bushes with chainsaws to come after you. And they're darn near indestructible. So you can kill them, but you would die trying, most likely. So the entire level is actually very scary. You're in a hedge maze. And you have the premise of the game, of course, you have to find ten neighbors or less within a stage and then get to the exit door and leave before the monsters can find them. So this level, you're in a hedge maze and you have to circle around. But these enemies have chainsaws that can cut through the bushes and come after you. So the whole time this music is supposed to be like, like coming after you, you're like dipping and running and you get like these clown decoys. And there's other levels like where this comes up too. Like there's like these possessed Chucky dolls that pop up. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in this game, which it's, I, it's really cool. I've only played it a, a few times on through an emulator. Like, like when this was out, when we were younger, I never got a chance to play it. I used to rent this from West Coast Video like crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. I haven't heard that name in ages. Oh, yeah. Because I, mean, I never owned, I didn't own the game back then, but I would rent it to death. Mm. And then during the adult collective years, I had to get a copy for myself. And I'm always trying to get somebody to play with me, but no one ever wants to because it's a slog. Because it has a password system, but I'm of the belief that you want to start from. <laughs> I'm of the belief that you typically want to start. At a point where you can start off early on and collect a ton of supplies yeah. and weapons, equipment, so that when you get to the harder levels, you're not stuck with a water pistol in one med kit. Well, I feel like when they do that, the game is designed in a specific way to, to do that for you. 
This one is not. <laughs> like, there are levels where if you can beat the levels by starting from that stage with the default load of items and not lose neighbors, you're a beast among men because it, it gets really hard. Yeah, this is one of those really super difficult games. Like, you were probably going to spend hours and hours and hours just trying to get through it, let alone perfect those stages. Oh, yeah. And then the last boss is, well, I was, oh, it's old enough. The statute of limitations is up. The last <laughs> boss is a giant spider cool. who's walking around like an old haunted house attic. I think it's Dr. Tongue. Um, and at that point, you have to kill the spider, but also he leaves spider webs everywhere. And if you don't have enough weed whacker supply, <laughs> you can't cut the web, so you're just kind of stuck in motion while he's just trampling you. Oh, that's awesome. It's really hard if you uh, didn't bring like Weed that. Whacker. And then other enemies are attacking you while you fight him. It, it it gets weird. But it's such a good game, and it's one of the all-time best co-op games, in my opinion. Yes, yes. That, that's also a really cool thing. And there's not a lot of good co-op games. There's not a lot, of, a lot of co-op games in general, so it's good to have that. Oh, but I should mention just that even though this, the premise of this episode is spooky and yeah, scary. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of spooky. Yeah, but I mean, someone might be listening to this and going, but Tommy hit my neighbors in a scary game. What kind of garbage are you pulling? And my response to that is, the game is scary in the sense that you're doing, there's areas where you're trying to evade guys who are stronger than you that will... Oh, come on. It's not It's not, It's not. not a horror game, but I think it's a game with horror movie tropes in it. Yeah, but I mean, there are legitimately parts where, like, if you're unprepared, the game will, like... I'm not saying it's going to make you jump, but you will be scared of stuff oh, okay. in it. Oh, okay. Like, there's a level where you fight Tremors. Remember the movie Tremors? Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, there's oh, a level where cool. you have to fight Tremors, and the, the first time you see them... They are scary as crap because they're like the most imposing enemy in the game to me. All right. So like it's stuff like that. We're like, holy crap! How are you supposed to beat that? And of course, then the game forces you to beat one. So I mean, it's stuff like that where I think you still can get a horror element or a scare element out of it. Mm. You don't have to jump or anything like that. It's just that sense of imposing doom. Like, how am I going to beat this guy? Or how am I going to get away from these people to save these neighbors? A little, a little bit of a survival. Eat my neighbor's horror. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I that's about right. Because before survival horror was a thing, you had this game where you were running from monsters and you had limited supplies and all that good stuff. So yeah, I'll go with that. All right. Well, my okay. My first track is going to be a classic. Um, it's for the um, NES. This is from Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. I'm going to play one of my favorite, like one of my all-time favorite classic 8-bit tracks. This is Demon Seed. And it's a spooky track, but I feel like it's also got kind of like a fun adventure um, kind of Goonies kind of, kind of vibe going on. So give it a listen, and we'll get, we'll, we'll get back to you. Like Goonies.
and we're back. You're listening to the song Demon Seed from Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse. This is for the NES by Hidenori Maezawa, Jun Funahishi, Yuki Morimoto, and Yoshinori Sasaki. This is I love this song. I think it's like it's like scary funky. Like a scary scary funk. You know, you got that <laughs> fear funk. That that beat is like so it's so good. I, I I imagine like this being like a hip hop track on but, its own. But is that a genre of music? Is fear funk a thing? Fear funk, yeah, horror rap. Horror rap, I think, is actually a thing. That's yeah, at least it part. was. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are they called the Grave Diggers? Remember the Grave Diggers? <laughs> no. That was um that was uh, uh the the RZA. Really? Yeah, he was called the RZA Recta. <laughs> They were pretty great. Anyway, it sounds awesome. So this is this is my jam. This is my jam, and I think it fits the, kind of the scary the scary feeling of Halloween. I'm trying to remember, but if I remember correctly, this plays at the like end of the game when you're going up the stairs to battle Dracula. So I think yeah, it I even think, nails that situation too. Like you chose a good track for that. Yeah, kind of adventurous. So anyway, um, Halloween is a time for Halloween parties. Uh, this year, I didn't, I didn't do any any parties. Just hanging out. No, no, no partying. No partying. Foot is down. But Pernell, you did this. You did some parties. Yeah, I ended up going to a friend's party down in like in the in the Baltimore area. Hey, what were you dressed up as? Because kind of, that's I couldn't figure it out. It's kind of funny. Like it, it almost fits my actual mo at the moment. But I liked it. Like I was like trying to come up with something, and I went to the store and I was looking at all the props that were available. And then the idea that I came up with was, I'm trying to remember if I got this right. An emo, an emo, hipster, urban Viking, and by that is I mean, I wore right. a shirt that wasn't a metal band shirt. It was more like a. The band is called Death Heaven. For those who've heard of them, okay, yeah, I was gonna say like that looks like a metal shirt you're wearing, but I couldn't figure it out. But that was the joke. It's oh, okay. not a metal shirt. Oh. It's actually like a uh, sort of like Doomgaze band. So there lies the hipster component. It looks like a metal band. That was the hipster thing you've ever band. said. It's not death metal. It's more like a doom gaze it, band. You know if you heard them. <laughs> yeah, see? So I did that. Um, I had an eye patch. I had a Viking helmet. I had an axe. Um, and I had like a really nice like pea coat. Nice. Black pea coat. So it was like as to the hipster charm, but it's black. Okay. So it could have been it could be mistaken. It's like basically the replacement for like the old Viking vest they used to wear. Oh you know? yeah, alright, yeah, yeah. Like like yeah. So I was, was like I like that. I thought it looked cool. I thought the eye patch was awesome. Thank you. It made seeing things very funny because I went to the <laughs> fridge and they had the person had a box of ginger beer in there, and I assumed it was alcoholic ginger beer, so only be able to see from one eye, I reached for what I saw as a box, but I couldn't see what I pulled out. <laughs> and I opened it, started drinking it, and like, I, I, oh, two sips, I was like, wait a minute, drink? this is like a pumpkin pie soda. Oh. <laughs> this isn't even alcoholic. <laughs> I can't, I can't loosen up with this. I still ended up having fun without it, but for a while I was like, crap, I haven't had a single lick of alcohol this would whole time. Would that be like, here. like, would that, would that have been like a Jones's Cola type, type thing? Basically, yeah. Uh, it was okay. like, it was like Jones's style as far as like, you know, uh, creative flavors and sodas. Same cool. taste in general, I think, but not the nasty sodas. I mean, they're good sodas. Let's not be, be real here. All right. Well, why don't you take us into our next track? I think we're going to start to get a little spookier, huh? Oh, yeah. I think everything beyond that, all my other tracks are definitely legit fear based. Uh, the next track I picked is from. This was a tough one. I'll be blunt. Um, Silent Hill is one of my all-time favorite series. 
I'm one of the people that actually looked up to it more so than Resident Evil, hands down. Um, so I had a track from the first Silent Hill and from the second Silent Hill, both of which I had feelings about, but through a series of Rob, pick a number, I chose the other track. Chose <laughs> oh, which track. that's what that was about. I, uh-huh. I, I, I missed. I, I was like, you were like, pick a number. I'm like, oh, we're playing that game. Yes, we are. <laughs> playing pick a number game. When in doubt, I can random do it. it out. I can do it. So the track that came up from the number selection is from the game Silent Hill 2, and the track's title is Betrayal. Maybe you'll remember what it's from, but if you don't, I'll try to tell you. After. Yeah, so we're going to get a spooky story is what you're saying. Possibly, yes. All right, cool. I'll check it out. you are listening to right now is a rather, in my opinion at least, iconic track from the game Silent Hill 2. And it is, it goes by the name of Betrayal and is written by one masterful musician. <laughs> he goes by the name of Akira Yamaoka. Yeah, Akira Yamaoka, who composed the music for Silent Hill 1, 2, 3, and I also think 4, The Room. And also, of all these amazing Bimani tracks from like DDR and Beatmania and uh, Poppin' Music. Yes. We just need to spend like the past like like five or ten minutes just listening to like his old tracks and just reminiscing. Yeah, like honestly, I think one of my favorite pop music tracks was done by him of all people. It was like one of the, uh, there's a thing called EE Mall where you could earn credits within the game and then use it to buy tracks that were added to the game later. And it was called Diamond Jealousy. Look it up. Um, yeah, so it's like. When you hear some of his, I'm hearing, making that connection between, because I heard the name Akira Yamaoka before, and then realizing that he was also the composer for Silent Hill, it all started to make sense. Like, his music for the Bimani series was always, like, this heavy guitar, or, like, really, like, heavy industrial, or almost, like, kind of trancey industrial, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of, like, early 2000s industrial sound. Which is kind of funny because hearing what you're saying it sounds a lot like the track we're listening to right now. Yeah, exactly. And this is like, okay, here's a bunch of clanking and a lot of stuff like that. And then even like later on in the game, in, the, in all of the games, there's like a lot of staticky noises and like heavy like grinding of like chainsaws. Yeah, like a lot of machinery because they always end up taking making the other world out to be like kind of like a more 
like mechanical sort of environment with like gears and flames yeah. and metal. That's yeah, very very cool. So tell uh, uh, tell us a little ghost story about this track. Well, again, statute of limitations is up. So if you, you haven't played Silent Hill two at this if point, if you're listening to our show, um, you know about Silent Hill two. You'd better. Um, Bruce Willis was dead in the end. You should still play the blasted game, even if you don't. <laughs> um, but basically. Throughout the entire game, your main character is trying to find his wife, who is supposedly in Silent Hill, and throughout the course of your journey, every once in a while you come across this guy who goes by, this menacing character who goes by the name of Pyramid Head, who carries a ridiculously large ceremonial butcher knife, and he is trying to cleave you with it. Um, You are basically always on the move trying to escape from him. You cannot hurt him, you cannot kill him. But then, as the game's revelations come to light, I can hold this back without spoiling the game for anybody. As the game's revelations come to light, the main character, James, comes to a realization that the pyramid head is actually nothing more than a figment of his imagination that the town conjured up to punish him for that which he was trying to run away from the entire game. Totally. So, like, yeah, like, and, and all, it's just. All the imagery in that game is just really disturbing. And then when this thing comes out, and it's not just menacing you, it's menacing all the other weird, like, monster things. Like, it's just bizarre. But you know all the other monster things were also related yeah. to the same scenario, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I like that. Like, it let you kind of figure that out playing the game. Like, it didn't tell you that, like, wait a minute, all these enemies are kind of, like, female like anatomy-type looking. Mm-hmm. And then he's the only male thing running around. I like that. I think that's 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 just really clever. And also, a friend actually told me something while prepping for this episode that I didn't even realize about Silent Hill Two. You know that you remember how they made the Silent Hill collection? Maybe I guess a couple years ago, it was on the PS3, and it was it combined yeah. Silent Hills Two and Three. But all the reviews said the game had tons of issues, like it was oh, glitchy. Really? Yeah, I think the music I saw was bad. It, I saw it like on the on the, the PlayStation Now like thing, like this the streaming thing came up. Yeah, apparently, according to my friend, I may be misquoting him. David, if you're listening, by all means, vouch for, like, back me up on this. Let me know what I'm getting wrong. But he said that this game, it, they use a lot of special techniques to compose the music and also to actually build the game up that made it say it was hard for them to the point of even now that sort of them rebuilding the game from the ground up, they have severe difficulties porting it to other systems oh, and remastering cool. it. I didn't know that. I was surprised to hear that because it definitely explains why such a great game has yet to be a re-release in an age of games being constantly re-released. <laughs> I know. So, I well, mean, this is definitely one that I would I would want to play again, but I don't think I could find the disc anymore, let alone my old PlayStation Two. Well, if we have we do a spooky night one day, we could always play a scenario from it because I still have all the goods. Oh, do you? Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, of course. All right. Well, let's let's jump into my next track. I am going eight bit again, eight bit style. Um, we've heard from the soundtrack. And I keep I keep listening to the soundtrack again and again because it's so good. This is Morio Senki Madara for the Famicom. Um, it uses a different um, sound chip, so it doesn't sound so much like NES hardware. So it's got a different sound to it. And the track I picked is called Labyrinth Road. And um, we'll get back to you after the track. Oh, Labyrinth. Oh.
And we're back. You're listening to Labyrinth Road from the game Morio Senki Madara for the Famicom. This is composed by the Konami Kukahia Club Club. The Kua, the Kukahia Club. I can't pronounce things today, but <laughs> there were different different composers of are part of like this the, the Konami in-house um, group. And I, so I don't know which ones actually composed these tracks or this track in, uh, in particular. But um, so this track used the Konami VRC6 chip, which was added on for additional channels. Um, other games that use this chip is also um, Argaryu, some Castlevania 3, <laughs> Dracula's Curse for the Famicom also used the VRC6 chip. Well, that um, explains a lot right there then. Yeah, so but on uh, Demon Seed, my previous track, I um, I almost picked the the, the the Famicom version using the VRC6 chip. But actually, I liked it better without as many channels going on. I felt like you could hear all the parts a little bit better. Maybe it wasn't. I, I always wondered, like maybe like did, was was the original was the original composer's uh, design was like was their original thought to play the um, what, was, what you heard on the VRC6, and then was it just ported over to the the four channel NES? But I think if they if that's the case and they did that, um, then they probably had to make some like really important decisions on like which notes to cut out, you know, and like which instruments did they have to cut out, or like uh, how can they make something sound like something different with fewer voices. And I think it became I think it came tighter, like it was it's a much more um, it's a better experience. But this is this is Mario Senki Madara. This is this is based off of uh, I think it's a manga. Really? Yeah, and or maybe there's a manga based on this. I think I'm pretty sure it's based off of a manga, and it's about like school kids chasing after ghosts or, or fighting demons or something like that. There's a lot of shows like that. Well, what I what I read about the premise, which I only know this now because I heard Rob mention this game enough that I had to see if there was a fan translation out there, and there is. So I might dive into this game, but apparently the premise is about a. A baby, a dismembered baby, floats <laughs> down a river. He's found and given mechanical limbs. Nice. And then at the age of 15, he goes out to find his real body. I don't even I'm on board. I, th- I, I had no idea. That's awesome. Mecha Baby goes into combat to save his actual form <laughs> and kill a demon. And he has friends that help him along the way. It's very strange. Wow. Well, apparently that baby comes back because there's a sequel for the Super Nintendo. I think there's a, I think there's two sequels. Um, but I know Aeon Genesis. I'm not sure if they ever finished it, but Aeon Genesis is working on the translation for the second game. And I think I'd rather play that one unless the stories were directly linked because it looks like it looks much nicer. Yeah, prob- probably. I mean, this is an earlier earlier game, but this is one of the first RPGs. From what I've read, it's one of the first RPGs. Like during the battle system, it's kind of an action RPG where you kind of move your characters around. So it might be kind of you might might enjoy that, but yeah. I so this is another one. I, when I heard this one, it sounded to me like kind of like an old school, kind of like spooky movie. I could see that actually, like basically kind of tiptoeing through like a house with a flash, like doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like a classic like Dracula like, creeping up on somebody, but um, but it still has that I kind want of Konami to suck your oil. <laughs> suck your oil. Your mechanical baby. <laughs> Back on the mechanical baby for now. I'm never leaving the mechanical baby. The the mechanical baby will never leave you. That is true. Ooh, there's the spooky twist that we were looking for this whole episode. <laughs> and there was a, a scratching on the door outside. And when you opened the door, it was the hook of the mechanical baby. 
Why was he fitted with a hook? What is he doing with this thing? He was chasing after you. Oh, oh. He was yeah. trying to impress you. He <laughs> did a poor job. Well unplayed mechanical it's a baby. Tragic story. Uh, it's tragic, all it's right. But classic story of mechanical baby finds hook, finds Pernell, fall in love, was fall it a gold- out of oh, love. Whoa, whoa, there's no love. Was that unless that hook was gold encrusted? Was it a gold encrusted hook? I'm not I'm not telling the all rest right, of the story. Well, well, I'm going with no. <laughs> There is no love here for Mechanical Baby. All right. Um, your final track, then. Mechanical Baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. An actual track. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, the last track I picked is actually from a game that I have some good memories of, and it's actually not an old game at all. It's actually fairly recent. I played through the entirety of it. I played through the game in its entirety on one Easter day. Which goes to show you how well the, the game had the, me hooked. They're the second scariest of the holidays. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it fits yeah. in quite perfectly for it. Actually, there's a scene in the game where it actually, it definitely was like, I was like, yes, this is an Easter game. But um, the game itself is called Outlast. And the track is referred to in the official soundtrack as Male Ward Chase. So let's have that bad boy run. See how far it can get. <laughs> From Camp Baby Show. listening to or were listening to now you're dead but um, <laughs> you're listening to male ward chase from the game outlast and it was written by i believe his name was like samuel laflam yes yes oh, i'm good i'm good yep. yeah, um he did a very solid job with this tune it plays during as it sounds you're being chased around i think it might sounds like a chase oh it's a chase i think it may even not necessarily it may not even have to be necessarily the male ward i can't remember the time it could be in other areas of the game too but uh basically this game is very tense until you get really used to it and then every once in a while they still shake it up and change it on you but you're basically a reporter who breaks into a mental institution because you got a tip from an anonymous whistleblower that some crazy stuff's going on there that needs to get exposed, and uh. you're the guy to do it. So uh, <laughs> you kind of break into this place, and you get stuck, and without going into the overall ending plot, because they don't really tell you anything until the, pretty much the end of the game, 
Um, you're spending most of the game being chased around by psychotic men mm. that were locked up in this ward, and they say really awful things to you, and they are really trying to hurt you. And you, this is from that new form of survival horror game where you are not able to fight back. Yes, yes, I like that. All you get <laughs> is a flashlight and batteries, which you have to find to keep the flashlight charged. And I played it on the hardest difficulty, which means your batteries don't do crap. So I played a lot of the game in the dark. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty scary game. So not so taxing on the hardware because there's very little light on the screen. <laughs> At least when I played anyway. I think most people probably played on difficulties where the batteries are more mm. powerful. Well, so, I have a question for you then. Uh-oh. And I want you to answer honestly. I'm a scurred. <laughs> What's your favorite Halloween candy? Favorite Halloween candy? Crap, that's a tough call, actually. Think, um, think about it. It's <laughs> very menacing. I know my least favorite is Mary Jane's. That counts for something. Um, I don't know. Quick. I got nothing. Uh, Let's get closer. They have marshmallow peeps now. I'll take them. I'm going with that answer. I'm going to call it a day. They have caramel apple marshmallow peeps. I love them to death. All right. Gone with that. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I've noticed something that I'm not remembering right now. There's just so many good candies. I like getting gobstoppers in my yeah. in my box in my bag. I know that. You're, you're, like, you're wavering on me for now. Candy bars, full size candy bars, were awesome. Wait, wait, how about what was your favorite candy? How about we get the spotlight off of me? What did you eat? Skittles. Skittles. I love Skittles. <laughs> they're good. See, and we're done. <laughs> oh, they clearly it wasn't you, that you hard. were already prepared. <laughs> I was just obsessed with collecting massive amounts of candy. I didn't even care about the what. And I'm not sure how many people, how old everyone on here, all the listeners are. But back in the day, there was a cartoon special used to come on that Garfield was starring in. It was the Garfield Halloween special. Oh yeah, yeah. And, like, with the acres, the what they call the U.S. acres. No, nah, they, they weren't on this episode. This was this was before Garfield and Friends. It was just Garfield, Odie, and John. Okay. And it was a Garfield Halloween special. And the only thing I really remember from it is that the chant I used to say when I went out candy hunting came from that cartoon where Garfield would go, candy, 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 candy. He would just say that over and over again. Yeah, a horror demon right there. <laughs> candy, candy, candy. But, uh... I would run up and down the street, go off from door to like, candy, candy, candy. And the parents, the like, people were looking, like, what's wrong with this weird kid? I'm like, I want my candy. Give me candy. I was obsessed. I used to die with dual wheel pillowcases. Oh, man. We were, it was all about the candy. Oh. We you know what? It still is. It, still it is. really is. I have so many fun Halloween memories. You brought you opened that can of worms on there too. I had a lot of fun. Remember, just one time we went to a house, being a bunch of my brother and a couple of cousins went to this one house, and there was a guy. Yeah, play the music. This is good. And we went to the front door, and it was just a guy dressed like Freddy Krueger. Jeez. Oh, I'm not even sure if it was a gun. No, it was like a puppet, like lying in a chair. It was a Freddy Krueger puppet, and it was like a basket next to it that said "Take One." So oh, we God, were jerk kids, yeah. and we were like. Take one, nothing. Give me more. I put my hand in the basket and grabbed a big handful. I was pulling my hand up. The guy grabbed my hand. I, was like, uh, I screamed. I we all hauled, but he got out of the chair and chased us down the street. 
we all got separated and split up to get away from him, like typical horror movie fodder. Oh, and, God. Uh, long story <laughs> short, I got lost, and my parents came looking for me at like 1130 at night. Oh, man. I'm still up and down the street. Lights are off. I'm still trying to get candy in the middle of the freaking <laughs> night. And they were they were worried sick about me because, again, I was lost in the middle of this neighborhood that I didn't even live in. It was oh, a man. suburban neighborhood. So uh, That's the thing, though, man. Going to the nice neighborhoods, trying to get all their candy. Yeah, because in my neighborhood, everybody stole your bags. Yeah, you got neighborhood bounce. Yeah, we had we had bag snatchers in where I lived at. Nobody wanted to have time for that. Mm. And for the record, if you're a bag snatcher and you're listening to this episode, you're a freaking jerk. You're a jerk. Stop stealing bags, you uh, kids. Also, also, for the record, if you're that guy who sits in front of their house and pretends to be a scarecrow and then scares the kids, you're a jerk, too. You're part of the problem. But you're an awesome jerk. You're the reason we have Donald Trump. No, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Donald Trump needs that guy to scare him away. Um, right. Anyway, that's terrifying because we only have so much longer until we get to decide. Um, let's decide our final track. Let's say this I can't one. decide. Indecision 2016. All right, now, I'm going back to an indie game that I loved. Um, that had a very um, atmospheric soundtrack by Disaster Piece. This is Hyperlight Drifter, and the track I chose is called The Abyss. Okay.
do a control alt. There we go. You're listening to The Abyss from the game Hyperlight Drifter. And the artist is Disasterpiece. And I love how atmospheric this whole soundtrack is. I'm actually listening to it, and it had me thinking about where it plays in the game because it's very atmospheric. And I'm enjoying it. I mean, I keep telling myself to buy this game, and I already know that Disaster Piece, you may, anybody listening, you may have heard him from the film It Follows. If I remember correctly, he did the OST for that, right? Yeah, I think this is closest sounding to that soundtrack because he uses like this sound in this track that's like this really deep heavy like boom and it almost like it, it it sounds like it's getting so loud that it's like breaking apart and then it just goes and it just crackles out and i think that you hear that sound a little bit and it um it follows uh-huh. and i think it's just, it's a cool effect so it, yeah it's, it's not a problem with the file that you downloaded for the show <laughs> it's not a problem with the audio it's, it's actually designed that way it's just a it's a great great sound a lot of the game is exploration so a lot of the stuff really, really works, and everything. Every place has a different kind of feel to it, and it's like you're out in the woods, but there's like kind of ancient ruins of like old like robots and technology everywhere, and there might be like a dead body in the corner, and there's this music just kind of playing. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, yeah. The, ex, the exploration in this game is is really, really, really fun to do. It's a little challenging because like the game is split up into like four different kind of quadrants, but it's kind of hard to tell. What quadrant you're in all the time? Oh, so the map doesn't the maps aren't very distinctive. Not so much. Like, like the maps are distinctive, but like, yeah, the terrain is not as distinctive as you would like it to be. If you're trying to backtrack and find stuff, ah, and a lot of the caves, like, there's a lot of like caves and dungeons that like kind of wind around, and like they they look very very similar. Oh, that's so, definitely a pain. That's like the Zelda concept too. Like all the Zelda caves look the same. Yeah, yeah. Like I um I I love this game so much. I wanted to find every every last like hidden item in the game and so i went back through before the last or actually actually after doing the last boss going back through again and trying to get everything new game plus or just reload before the i just boss? Re- i just reloaded before the before the boss i could have done new game plus but i didn't feel like it and um it was just like i couldn't remember where i was last you know it's that kind of thing oh i'm terrible for that especially when i had my awful awful habit of putting a game down and then coming back three months later yeah well what i did was like i spent like a day or two backtracking and then, like, knowing I had four more things left and wondering, like, okay, I think I've been everywhere again, but where didn't I look close enough? And be like, well, forget it. You know what? <laughs> I went online. I looked up if there was, like, a new ending or something really special, and there, there really wasn't. So I was okay with it. It was that time to walk away and start on something new. Just, or your case, Street Fighter Five. That was pretty much it. Yeah, I just walked away. <laughs> no, I, I just downloaded The Witness, so I'm going to start that pretty soon. Oh, I, I haven't played that, but I have heard a lot of people speak highly of the game. You know, for Jonathan Blow, right? John, yeah, I, I was. Braid is one of my favorite favorite games, but um, yeah, for we spend so much time on this podcast about video game music. That game has like no music, right? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't, because one of those games where it's like meant to be, you know, completely in, like, enchanting or not enchanting, but entrancing. Yes, and it yeah. pulls you into the game by giving you nothing but. St- environmentally ambient sounds like hey it's like a bird's chirping over there okay i want some music to play over that bird if that's okay with you but so a lot of people seem to they tend to prefer just having sound effects that play over environments and that's fine but yeah ah! no <laughs> i don't want that i want tunage well I'll, I'll let you know once i start getting into it how i feel about it so i'll let you know next week 
And I have also heard that the puzzles or some of the puzzles are maddening. So get a get your pencil and your paper. I'm ready. I'm ready for that because I spent a lot of time on Fez, a lot of time on Fez, and a lot of paper on Fez. Oh, in that case, you're ready to go. Yeah, you should see my notes on Fez. It was a little weird because you have to like decipher a language. You have to decipher all sorts of like how like he has like a whole um, alphabet and numbers system out of symbols. Ooh, it's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, but it, it works. It's like Chronicles of Teddy. Similar concept of symbols that represent letters. Oh, okay. And probably not as crypt. Probably this game's probably not as cryptic as his game would have been though, because <laughs> they actually give you. You come across people who teach you the language as you go, so it's like you know what you're doing. But if I remember what, I, what little I remember about Fez though, was just here's a bunch of letters or set of symbols on a wall. Yeah, you I better have, figure that out because no one's helping. Yeah, half the time it's like, oh, those were symbols. <laughs> oh, I needed that. Um, but actually, half the time you don't need anything. It was just if you could find it, you would find it. If not, you know, it would just be there forever. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was, it was like your exploration for exploration's sake. And um, and it was just so much fun. The game was so pleasant. I can't remember. Were you able to get any abilities in Fez or any upgrades, or was it just what you uh, start with is what you always are? Yeah, New Game Plus, you got an ability. And then I think New Game Plus Plus, I think there was a, th- a third ability. I can't remember if there was, but the, the New Game Plus was the ability. Oh, I don't know man. if it'll give it away, but it's 3D vision. Uh, it's, like, it's like a first-person perspective because there's actually things on the ground. So like everything side scrolling and mm-hmm. you can change perspective, but some of the puzzles, some of the, the 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 solutions and clues were actually on the ground that you can't see from a two dimensional perspective. Ah, so if anything, if you're a completist, you're better off getting to that that power so oh, you yeah. actually see the floor solutions. Yeah, you're like, oh, so if I stand here and look down, then you realize why there's like certain things that like you couldn't figure out what they were there for. Everything else you can interact with or do something with, and there's certain things that you just, you just couldn't do anything with. And, and I was like, oh, well, I stand there. Oh, it makes sense now. So, oh, that game. That game is great. Anyway, why don't you give us a spooky bonus round intro? I can do my what? best. That's what I can do. <laughs> bonus <laughs> round. <laughs> That was the ghost of a smoker. <laughs> ghost of smokers past. He was told a joke right when he was dying. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> now I. <laughs> Let's go on. So, bonus round. Bonus round. Hey everybody, welcome to the bonus round. This is the part of the show where we play remixes and covers based on today's theme. So I think I think we might have chosen similar remixes. Maybe, but hey, if they're both good. What's a little? What's harming a little bit of similarity, eh? Now yours is something that we've been looking forward to playing for a while. Yeah, I actually came across this track weeks ago in preparation for other area of the show, and I was like, you know, I'm going to hold on to this bad boy for a couple of weeks, and then wait and wait, and then when the time comes, oh, it's time to go. And what do you know? We're at that point right now that I would like to choose it. And it is, I don't think it even has a specific title for it. It's just, it is what it is. It is a a metal cover to the Super Mario World Ghost House theme done by our old buddy, an old close friend in the last couple of months. (laughs) The one and only Retro Shred. He's an awesome dude. He makes some stellar tracks. I have no doubt that this will be another one-hit wonder that you guys will enjoy. 
One don't. It's not a one hit. Ah, crap. Hit That's the wrong terminology. <laughs> it will be another hit wonder. Let's hit it. Did we announce the track name? I can't remember. No, I don't have a name. It's just Ghost House Metal Cover. All right, let's get the let's get Ghost in. Busted makes me feel good. Totally just listened to the metal ghost house track from the man retro shred zoinks raggy retro yeah that's funny that was a really good track that was awesome honestly like I said I found this track weeks ago I was like I gotta hold this because it sounded really I love that I love the bending of the for the I love the bending of the guitar notes for the lead in for the sound that the ghost house sages make um it was just very well done very well done yeah i really like the um that kind of blast beats like kind of super fast kick drum he went all in on this thing this shows yeah good pick really really good pick thank you so my pick is um the castle theme remix i don't think it's the ghost house also from Mario World? Also from Mario World. Wow! <laughs> this is by uh, Mega Neko. So dig this track. 
That is a surprise. We both ended up with Mario World stuff. I know, right?
That was the Mario World Ghost House music from, I'm sorry, Mario, (laughs) Super Mario, that was the Super Mario World Castle theme remix by Mega Neko. That was a really good track. And for a second, you actually had me worried because you was like, it's the ghost house. I'm like, we both picked the ghost house? And then it started, I was like, oh, no, it's the castle. Uh, but we both picked Super Mario World. Which but, is still uh, crazy coincidental. And this was cool. It started with all that guitar, and then it turned into like kind of like an electro house kind of thing. I was sold. I was bopping to it. And there's so much going on in that track. So you can check him out at soundcloud.com slash Neko, Or you can check out Retro Shred at youtube.com slash Retro Shred. They also... Or you can find their stuff on um, Facebook and Twitter. So, pretty good stuff. Don't you say so? We weren't supposed to be dancing on this episode, and yet yeah, it you, happened. Yeah, so. you were doing a lot of air guitar. Oh, I was doing conducting. <laughs> I was air guitar, and I was cha 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 and shoo shoo swaying. It was all times of good times. So, I would say we did an awesome. These were awesome picks. I think we did pretty good. So, for more information on the artists um, on our bonus round part of the show, check out rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to all of their bios and band camps and everywhere where you can find their music. got that creepy bend to it, but it's also safe. I'm going to sleep to this track. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today on episode 5-9, our spooky music show for Halloween purposes. <laughs> Our Halloween spooktacular extravaganza, folks. You apply this music to your Halloween day and immediately feel 100% spookier. Yes. In fact, I think this is going to be my theme for music at work tomorrow. With this, oh, this, this track in particular? Oh, this is going to definitely get played. There's no doubt. And then I'm not even going to put the headphones on for this. is going to just play throughout the office. And people can walk <laughs> into my safe space and feel surprisingly scared to be there. That's good. I like that. That's the goal. <laughs> Should I be in this office? What do you think? You tell me. And I've actually never played the first Resident Evil. It's uh, a friend of mine. I see a mutual friend of ours recently played the first game for the first time. He disliked it. It was supposed to be kind of goofy, right? Like more yeah. like horror movie. I think it was, I think it was intended. I, I ain't gonna lie. I think it wasn't intended to be B movie goofy. But they did it, and people accepted it as such, and they ran with it. Yeah, I remember our our, um, our friend Max really liked it because of that. That's why I liked it, too. It's just I don't think they intended for that. I think it just happened, and they're like, oh, crap. This turned out terribly, but people like it. Well, just keep doing it. But uh, that same friend started the second Resident Evil game, which to me is the best Resident Evil game. I'm not going to refer to 4 because I think 4 should have been a separate series entirely. Very different. Very um, different. Great actually, game. Oh, I'm thinking of Silent Hill. Um, also yeah. very different. Uh, Resident Evil. I've only played 1, 2, uh, Code Veronica, and Nemesis. That was 3, right? Yeah. That was, you basically uh, played all the way up till 4. Yep. That's all, yeah. And then I... Um, oh, that... You know what? That was... 
I had the Dreamcast and I played Code Veronica and Nemesis and then that was it. And then I, I didn't get a PlayStation 2 for years later. Yeah, originally it was on the GameCube. It was a GameCube exclusive that eventually lost that exclusivity. And then they had like a, well, I won't call it a spruced up because it was actually less lower quality, but a PS2 version that had some extra secrets hidden in it. Okay. Um, but yeah, 2 was to me the best traditional Resident Evil game. Yeah, I remember um, first playing that at, um, at a friend's house. Um, sup, Bill, if you're listening. <laughs> he brought it over. We put it in, and we couldn't figure out what to do. We just kept getting killed. Oh, yeah. Because at the beginning of the game, you should just run. Yeah. And, and we weren't running. <laughs> yeah, and back then, if you hadn't played, like, say, I guess Alone in the Dark. Yeah, yeah. You really had no exposure to games like that, because Alone in the Dark was like pretty much the only game of that type at the time. Yeah, I was looking for the shoot button to shoot the zombies, and that was it. But that's not how you do it. Oh, you have to, you have to bring the gun up and then shoot. Yeah, but where would you do that? No, yeah. You didn't have enough bullets to cover that whole area anyway, so you had to run. But Yeah, I have a fondness for that. I saw that there were like remakes of some of those on on the PlayStation Network. I was thinking They of remade the first game. Was that what? Maybe that's what the only one that I saw. I was thinking maybe I should check that one out. Resident Evil Zero is on there, and I but I don't know how much they did to it, so I couldn't say one way or the other what it is. We should do a Resident Evil show because there's so many of those. That's fine. Yeah, maybe um, maybe next Halloween we'll do a Biohazard episode. Uh-huh. Well, if we're going to do a spooky episode. We should go against Silent Hill again, or yeah. Siren, or Fatal Frame. Oh, Siren! I can't remember the name of that one. Because Resident Evil, aside from that first game, I don't think they were really scary. Just action, or not action pack, but just they were tense. But actually, I think one of my backup tracks was from Fatal Frame. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, we're coming down at the end of the show here. So if you have any, um, if you like to, to send us any questions about the show, um, if you'd like to say anything about the show, if you have any um, suggestions for topics, send us an email. Rhythm and pixels at hotmail.com. This track has got me all like chilled out now. Um, and also, if you would like to see the full track listing and um, more information on the show, check out the website rhythmandpixels.com. <laughs> and um, if you want to reach us through uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitch. Check us all there. Rhythm and Pixels. I love how like it's getting to the point where you have to actually I'm, recall them. Like, um, um I um, think we have a Vine account. Uh, <laughs> honestly, if you want to just check out the show in a different way, check out YouTube. Um, if that's how you're, you know, you're you're consuming your podcast media, check out YouTube. Otherwise, we're on we're on uh, iTunes. Um, if you if you'd like to uh, support us in any way, please if you like us enough to to, to support us, check us out on Patreon.com. And we'd really appreciate it. Um, there's a little stretch goals out in the stretch goal. There's little goals, silly goals there that we'll do for you on the show. Candy is also accepted. We'll make it worth your while. Candy. You can send us candy. Um, just email us. We'll send you the address. All right. Or just email us the candy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it can be done. Electronic digital candy. E-candy. I know Google is working on that. Google already did it. They just don't want you to know. Oh, that. I got gotcha. you. Amazon's trying to do e jerky. That sounds tough. But don't. Don't just. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Did that actually break you? I think so. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I loved it so much. I tried. I know. I really loved it. Um, anyway, next week when we are gonna have a special guest on the show, um, the we got to clarify. It's not one of our regular special guests. This is a new dude. As a new dude, not an old dude. <laughs> <laughs> not a former. New dude. We're having the, uh, the, the chiptune composer Ethernaut join us to talk about some of his favorite game music and some of his um, new stuff that's coming out. That's going to be an interesting episode. I can tell you that much because the topic, we're not going to say it yet. No, no, we'll leave but it. But yeah. it's a topic that it made me dig real deep. <laughs> it's a very interesting topic um, that, that he came up with for the show. I'm really excited to, to do that and share that with you. Anyway, um... We are the Rhythm and Pixels. We're the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. I'm your host of one half, Rob. And I am the other one, the Wolfman, P. Nelsy. P. Nelsy. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Good night. And remember, every once in a while, being scared can actually be pretty blasted fun. I mean, whether you watch a scary movie, or what have you, just to kind of get your, you know, get that tension up in your in your bloodstream, get you moving. But scaring people while can be fun. Don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that's scaring cats who don't expect it, in ways that will really just make them soil themselves at work in a way that will embarrass them and then self possibly endanger you. <laughs> just know that when you play practical scare jokes, scare responsibly, scare responsibly. Right, I got you. Yeah, all right. I actually think no. I didn't even think this. I'm glad you said it. Scare responsibly, folks, because you don't want to trust that line. Believe me, <laughs> I've been there. It's bad. Good night.